tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. So, Gary, we were going to look today at some note choices and scale choices. Fantastic. Yeah, we've done a, a, a video fairly recently, and it was about, you, know, you asked me, like, tell me the things that you, you get asked the most of all. Yes. And we, we dealt with sort of speed at a sort of an introductory level. What I'd like to do today, which I think is another follow-on from that in terms of a question that I frequently get asked... Is what do I play over what? Yeah, absolutely. What you mean, like playing over the changes, as you hear in the jazz world? Yeah, and and playing playing over sort of you know a, a sort of a classic song or whatever if we're going to improvise. Often people can't always quite pinpoint it. You know, they they're not always the most articulate when it comes to actually telling you what they want. Often yeah. people say, "What are the scales?" Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I say to people, you know, just knowing the scales, it's it's like owning a pet tiger. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful bar talk. Oh, a pet tiger, you know, oh, it's brilliant. Who's this big? <laughs> However, in the in the real world, it's a nightmare because if you just know a scale but you don't know how to apply it, it kind of becomes a little bit useless and pointless. Yeah, you know, it, it's you know, it's great selling somebody, you know, you know the Phrygian dominant in every single key, but it's like, yeah, are you going to use that at the Dog and Duck on Friday night whilst doing a wig out in solo tour right now? Maybe not. Maybe not. No. There are places <laughs> and times for everything. Yeah. But it's a, today is really about what can we use over what? You know, when okay. presented with a chord progression, how do we approach it? Okay, brilliant. Yeah, you're happy with that? Happy with that, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what scale does everybody churn out over absolutely everything when they're given any kind of chord progression regardless? Well, that would be the pentatonic scale. Well, that would be. <laughs> and many people do not even discern between the major or the minor pentatonic. They just churn out the minor pentatonic. Now, there's a reason why the pentatonic scales are so popular. And one of the reasons is that they cover so many bases in terms of what you can play over. Okay. So if presented with the blues, the minor pentatonic will, you know, sort of suffice. If presented with a minor chord progression, which normally your choices of notes might differ slightly from a normal 12-bar blues, again, it will cover that situation. And if you can find the right one... So effectively, you're playing major pentatonic, even if you don't know it. Then it will work over a major chord progression. Okay. So let's see that in action, shall we? Okay. Let's, let's do, do it. that. So, do you know the minor pentatonic? I think I'm teaching grandmother to suck eggs here. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's <laughs> first position shape. Well, for A minor. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a blues, blues or booze. In the key of A, and I want you to just have a little blast over the top. Okay. Okay. 
think so. Lovely. Weekend <laughs> warrior styling. Yes, it certainly is. Reel out the minor pentatonic, and then if you're feeling particularly fruity, whack it up an octave. That's 12 frets, folks. Away yep. the way. I should have done that, actually. Do, hard Do it. <laughs> Okay, a perfectly acceptable way of playing the blues. Oh, I actually missed the uh, 12 frets and went to 10 frets at one point, but there we go, never mind. It's all right, it's all good. Yeah. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to explore using it over a straightforward minor progression. Now, there are some people out there who might go, well, you know, blues is kind of minor isn't it? Well, yeah, you know, you could play the blues using all major chords, you could play the blues using all minor chords. You could go E minor, sorry, A minor, D minor, E minor. Yeah. You could use a combination, A minor, D major, E minor. So there are a few options. The blues, though, is a little bit of a misleading thing. Reason being that there are certain notes which shouldn't work together, like playing the minor third, that's the C note. So for those looking at the first position of the A minor pentatonic, that's the... Eighth fret on the bottom string, the fifth fret on the G string, and the eighth fret at the top string in the first position. That should show how that fits into the first position as well. So it's the basically the second note, the one that comes right after the root note. So you've got five, then eight. Well, the eight is your C. Then you've got D E. That's five and seven on the A. G A five and seven on the D, which then leads to your C note fifth fret on the G. Carol going into the upper octave, and of course both E strings will have a C on the eighth fret as they're both E. Yeah. So that's where they're located. So that note against an A minor A minor chord would fit perfectly. sounds yeah. really awful yeah but when we're playing the blues play a play major you can't really tell that mine isn't fitting yeah you know like the blues note we tend to sort of swing through it fast enough or Bend it a little bit, you know. Right. So see what I mean? So we're almost hitting yeah. at it, getting to the target note, which is the major third, the C sharp. We ain't quite getting there. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to swap to a clean sound. Okay. Look what you made me do. Clean <laughs> sound, what's that? Clean sound, that's something Fender Ems have. <laughs> do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play Why you get some... one of them then? No, don't <laughs> do it to yourself. Uh, 
Rumour has it Mesa Boogies have a clean channel as well. That's why I stopped using them. <laughs> of course you need a clean sound. Of course you do. Yeah, so absolutely. what I'm going to do, I'm going to play you a chord progression now in, the, in a true minor style So we're not going to muddy the waters with okay. anything different like the blues does. Yeah. These are going to be chords taken from the A minor scale. So these chords are combinations of notes different combinations from the A minor scale. Or mostly like A minor, D minor, E minor, or you go put that sort of like C. Might well put the F, the G, the C major, yeah. maybe even a B minor flat five. Yeah, okay. But you want me to do just some... just want to talk uh, about that. It's in the scale, <laughs> that's all you need to know. So the, this should now kind of, like every note should kind of be a winner, really, yeah. like shooting fish in a barrel. So now we're going to use this as if it were a major pentatonic. So okay. I'm now going to play something in the true key of C. So not the bluesy key of C. I'm not using, you know, seventh dominant seventh chords in the key of C. This isn't a blues. This okay. is just something which would, like the A minor, but in the key of C. So A minor is the relative minor to C major. I'll be using similar chords but our root note will be a happy one. It will be C rather than the more A minor. So. Okay, I'm just turning back again to get to a sensible tone. Okay. <laughs> a workable tone. Give, give me more game. <laughs> okay, so what we've seen here is two musical situations, three, sorry, three musical situations where the minor pentatonic is working for us. Yeah. So you can see already why it's so popular. Yep, absolutely. But also limiting because... The temptation is to play similar licks over everything, and mm. uh, and you end up with very similar sounding stuff. So let's look at what else is available to us. Yep, throw the barn doors open and just do a that. few extra notes. Yeah. Now, many people are interested in learning modes, and without going too deeply into modes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some of the notes from a very useful mode, but. If we want to learn about modes, that's a whole other lesson to deal with. We have got a podcast lesson, which you can go back and find on our SoundCloud. Yeah, listen to that.
It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then while you're at it, listen to all the other audio. That's right. And like them five hundred <laughs> times. So what we're gonna look at is the other notes. We already know in a blues we can use the blues note. The blues note is the flattened fifth. Yeah. How do we know that? If we were to go up either an A minor or an A major scale, and we were to find the fifth note, so in the key of A minor, one, two, three, four, five, that brings us to an E, flatten it to an E flat, add it into your minor pentatonic, you've got the blues scale. stretches things out a little bit but most weekend warriors know this so this gives them something they don't know and you know all about the blues note yeah so with the blues note the only thing i will say is usually you want to get in there use it quickly and get out again yeah so often because it's a note that clashes or can clash we don't tend to linger on it no. so we might do a little roll Quickly putting it in a quick chromatic sequence. Or we might. Or we're sort of bending up to nice. it coming back, yeah. So the blues note is useful, but it's like a flavour. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little flavour. Our minor pentatonic does a lot on its own. Put in the blues note. It just kind of makes it a little bluesier. Yep. If you want to be slightly contentious... <laughs> You can bend from the blues note if you want to. Um, there was an album that came out many, many moons ago by Jason Becker, and it had a song on it called Altitudes. Okay. Now, I believe Jason Becker was quite renowned for this sort of thing, and certainly Marty Freeman was as well. And that's bending from unusual notes. You listen to Altitudes, there's some very unusual starting points for bending, and it's really... Ear bending, excuse the pun. Yeah. Um, but you know, you listen to it and you go, oh, so it's, it's quite cool. quite interesting to listen to. Um, so you can, if you want to, kind of play something a bit arresting. Freeman in there as well, yeah? Yeah, I mean, Marty yeah. Freeman is well-renowned for using sort of strange, unusual, exotic scales, particularly Eastern scales. Check him out, folks. If you haven't heard of Marty Freeman, you is missing out. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's a couple of different ways to use that blues note. Okay. But there's more. There's much more. If we add the 6th and the ninth. so if we're game, if we were to go up, in this case, the major scale, 
adding the major sixth, which would be the F sharp. And the ninth, which is the B. Well, yeah, I chucked a little bluesy note. Awesome. Too. <laughs> so, to do that, on the bottom E string, you go 5, 7, 8. Your A string remains the same, but you can put the blues note in if you want to for a flavour again. Or the blues note. Both middle strings, it's 4, 5, and 7, folks. Both top strings. Is five seven eight, and if you want to add the blues note in from the octave above the first one, it's eighth fret on the G string. Yeah. So you can end up with actually an eight note scale if you yeah. do that. Pretty cool. You along with a bit of amateurish playing. <laughs> well, I by a uh, by stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> the force is strong with this one, and so is the tea. You've done nine hundred hours of teaching. Feel good, you would not. Right, so <laughs> we digress. How do we go from stormtrooper to Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we've yeah, got this kind of composite scale, the Dorian mode. It may seem complicated, but actually, if you follow what we're doing, we're doing it kind of loosely within the shape of the first position of the minor pentatonic. The other thing, too, to debunk any of the confusion over it, if you want to play Dorian in any key, it's the equivalent of the major scale from a step down. So if you're in A, you're playing G major, but you're starting it on A. Okay. Yep. So, if you know anything about key signatures, G has one sharp, which is F. So, in other words, you're playing all natural notes apart from F. Yeah. You're going A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, G. Okay, gotcha. And then we sling in the blues note for a flavour. Simple as that. Okay. Now, how does this help us? Well, if you could play me a sort of a bluesy kind of, maybe not too distorted, but like a bluesy backing... And I'm now going to add in some of these lovely other notes. You, would you like a shuffle or what? <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with. So like a... Oh, I know. Yeah. So key of A... Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's try Yeah. Thank you. 
So let's maybe break down some of that. Okay, cool. These notes really make quite a difference to you know, the sound of what we can do. You know, you could keep it super bluesy. You could make it jazzier sounding. You could arrange the notes, three notes of string, and rip through it and shred through it if that's your thing. It, it really opens things up quite a lot. Okay. You know, the difference really here as well is, is that whereas with the minor pentatonic, we've got some quite large intervals. We've got some places in the scale where it jumps a tone and a half. That's the equivalent of three frets. Here, we're never more really than a, a sort of a, a tone away from our next note. It's tones and semitones. Yeah. So what I want you to do, I'm going to also go for a clean sound again. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I've, I've heard it's really... <laughs> sparkly or something and I'll let you play over the top It's okay. It starts making you think a little bit different in terms of where you can fall over your fingers a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've done it a bit before, I suppose. Um, you, you sort of play around with them a bit and sometimes if you start a phrase with them, it can sound a little bit jarring and that's nice. Sometimes you can finish a phrase with one of the new notes and it, it doesn't sound quite right sometimes so you know there's all kinds of things let me show you a couple of openers so if you could give me say something similar to what I was doing e yeah a bit slower or um, as you wish yeah Thank you. 
So knowing the sweet spots within the scale yeah. is always good. The tricky thing is that when you're used to playing in minor pentatonic, it's hard to find a note that actually sounds bad. Yeah. It's a bit like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. Um, you can't really not win. Yeah. Um, but what you've got to do when you're using more notes is sort of engage your brain and think of what you're playing over Great. and how that how that sort of is going to pan out and work for you. So one of my favourite openers, which I didn't realise until a few years ago, somebody goes, oh, you use the major six a lot when you play, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really right. self right? oh, yeah, so I'm really like, sat down and thought about it. So what I often do is bend. Yeah, that's nice. From the six, which is the F sharp, in our Dorian mode on the seventh fret of the B string, up to the G, which is the eighth fret, which is the seventh. That works. Yeah. Nice licks around there, yeah. Remember with music, it's often it's about tension and release. If you're playing a note that's slightly, not off, but is a note which is a colour tone, i.e. it's not a note that's necessarily in the chord, it's it's not a chord tone, therefore it must yeah. be a colour tone. Yeah. When you go to a chord tone, you will get that release that you are looking for. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There's a really great Rick Beato video out there. Check it out. Where he explains this and explains it well. Look at the notes that are in chords. Us guitarists, we're terrible with patterns. Yeah. For everything from scales to chords to the lot. You know, I'm surprised we don't go around with fair old jumpers on all of us. <laughs> much, much we like patterns. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. look, I've got Rudolph going all the way around. Look. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you kind of think in terms of notes rather than patterns, then your world is definitely going to be a more interesting place because you're going to be coming up with things that are more original yeah. than just ripping through a pattern. Patterns are a useful, quick-fire way to learn. Yeah. And they're a very nice, easy way to learn. However, when we're thinking of notes, we can then think of how that is imposed over the chord. It was indeed... One of my favourite guitarists, Guthrie Govan, who famously once said, it's probably not famous, but it means a lot to me. He said, every note in a scale over a chord has a very special sound. And over every different chord in that key, that note sounds different. That's why you can have a repeated phrase, fast or slow, and a chord progression churning away underneath it, and as you go from chord to chord, it sounds a little different. Yeah. Even though you're playing the same thing. Like a total win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, it's, you, it's a winning combination. That, yeah. It? So, yeah. in layman's terms, if I'm playing an A minor chord, and I play C over it, I'm playing the minor third. Now, if you then change to a D7 chord, and I still play C, now I'm playing the seventh, yeah. the dominant seventh. So if I wanted on the A minor, that note, that's going to be in the chord. If I, if I want it to kind of 
carry on with a resolved sound, which it already has because it's a note from the chord, I'd probably have to bend up to the E. <laughs> Over the A minor. Those are two notes in the, in the actual chord, C and E. Or I go down to the A. If I want to jar people, I take it to a colour tone. So yeah, I can okay. take it up to a D. which are belonging in the chord or not belonging in the chord mm. their effect is different yeah okay now if I do Got the it. same thing with the D as you change to D7 the next thing in the 12 bar progression I'm starting with the dominant 7 so I can bend it up to D which sounded funny over the A minor but now we'll resolve it keep it resolving still in the chord but if I bend to E which works over A minor Now, if you carried on this logical kind of situation with the notes, yeah, especially if you were like looking at say a normal A minor scale, yeah, and all of the chords that you would have in a normal key of A minor, so A minor, B diminished, C major, D minor, E minor, F major, G major, oh, the list goes on. Yes, as you played each note over each chord, it would have a different implication. If you follow what I mean. Uh, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. So an A played over A minor is the root. Mm. An A played over a B half diminished chord yeah. is essentially the seventh. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, as you go over a C, it becomes the sixth. Over a D, it becomes the fifth. As you go over an E, it's actually the. No, that's F sharp. What am I talking about? Mm-hmm. Two, three, fourth, which would be the eleventh. So it'd be the eleventh. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so that's on. Good. And so yeah. on. Over the F, all it's the major third. And... Over the G, it's the ninth. And so on. So that means that, you know, you wouldn't sit there and go, well, yeah, you know, if I play an F, it sounds the same as G9, doesn't it? Yeah. Only an idiot, fool, yeah, 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 yeah. buffoon, would say such a lie. In fact, fact, I wonder if it would be an interesting exercise to play uh, a chord comp and for me to like play just one note. To do that. Would that sound good? Yeah. It means engaging the clean sound again. Yeah, okay. Okay. You realise you've got to pay an extra fiver for every time I I have to press the clean sound. I should go dirty (laughs) and and, uh, and bridge pickup. And what note should I play? See? Uh, Okay. That's what we were talking about, wasn't it? So we're doing the key of C then. Mm-hmm. 
any chords underneath. <laughs> oh yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> I bet somebody emails you and go, "Can't tap for that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, any time. <laughs> Wonderful. No, you may not. <laughs> cool. That's all. Absolutely uh, brilliant, actually. Sorry, we're swigging uh, coffee here because it'd be rude not to. The but thing is, is these things are brilliant to go over all the time, aren't they? They really are. Even if, like, no matter what your level, it's just how much time do you often get to sort of spend thinking about the notes and what they mean for each chord? It's not. It's not. Pe- people don't. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's certain things that with guitarists, as they hit different levels, they become kind of maybe obsessed by. In yeah. different ways, you know. When you start out, you know it, it's like I want that guitar, or I, you know, I want to learn that song, or I'm excited to get going with it. And then after a few months, that turns to frustration, and, and then you get a bit of a handle on it. Yeah. And then it's I want to learn to play more difficult things. I want to learn to play that solo. But the actual thought process of the musicality factor. Yeah. Because if you're writing your own music you would get to a point where actually this stuff would probably intuitively hit your consciousness, you know, because you, you sit there thinking, well, oh, why does why does that happen? Mm. I know that happens, but why does that happen? Yeah. And then obviously if it's explained to you or you figure it out or you read it somewhere, then you would understand why. Okay. But it's one of those things that's kind of further down the line for people. You know, learning how to play Bohemian Rhapsody or the solo to Living on a Prayer probably sort of figures more highly in in sort of some people's minds. Or you know, how do you play Mr. Brightside? Oh, it's rather tricky, isn't it? It's yeah. probably more on people's hit list. Yeah. You know, than than anything else. You know, you've only got to go into a music. Have you ever been to, to a music shop on a Saturday afternoon? Have you done that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <coughs> not oh. frequently. Not as frequently as you. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid Saturday afternoons, really, because <laughs> you know you 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 end up with one of two things happen if you go into a music shop on a Saturday afternoon. Stairway to heaven, I imagine. Stairway Does denied. Well, yeah, I don't no. know. It's you know, I've sorted that one out. Either either you you get you get stuck in a section where like someone else, if there isn't a little booth you can use, someone else is playing at the same time. And then they realise that you can play fast as well. Yeah. So they turn their amp up louder and play fast badly. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I just want to try a guitar out, man. (laughs) This isn't a competition. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dave Gilmore too, and he plays a lot less notes than me. Yeah. I wish I I could play less and get away with it. However, I cannot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 (laughs) You know, this is... This, this is the it. gauntlet that's been passed to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I when I reach an age at which my hands do not move any further, and I cannot get them to move as fast as I want to, then I hope my playing is of his his quality. Yes, and that I don't that's need right. to rip through things. But for now, I'll be a speed demon. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but either that happens, either either that happens, or like it's just. It's just like a cacophonous, oppressive racket. Yeah. You can't find space. You can't hear yourself. There's too many bad versions of every song going on around you. Yeah. And you're like, how am I? I'm really going to part with four grand, am I? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. In this situation, you know, it's like it's like you may you may as well wheel a, a like wheel the smallest amp in the world into Piccadilly Circus <laughs> and go uh, try it there. Try, 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 right, hear yourself properly. Not really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, anywho, okay. where were we? Sorry, I got completely lost in the no, moment. That's there. All right. No, we were just talking about like all the chord choices and uh, and. Uh, how how these these notes kind of fit in with your your consciousness at uh, various ways yeah. at various levels. I so suppose. you you go into like a music shop at prime time. Sorry, I'm back on that one again. Yeah, <laughs> and you are gonna hear right. You're gonna hear what people are working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. it's quite well, yeah. it's quite interesting in the funny kind of jaded sociology project kind of a way. You hear what people are working on, what they're playing. And, and, you know, they haven't quite got there yet. Mm. And it's rare that you go into a music shop and you hear something genuinely fantastic and original. Yeah. Because most people aren't there yet. Not the time or the place for it either, is it, I suppose? They're all, everyone's working on something. Yeah. No, I mean, people, people at um, GAC, our local store, used to say to me that when Gary Moore was alive, he would go into GAC. And he'd pick up, you know, like a custom shop Strat or he'd pick up one of their custom shop Les Pauls. And it, and they said, you know, it's surreal. You know, it's sort of, it's like you've heard him on record. Yeah, you've heard him on record tons of times to actually sit next to the guy. And it's like, that's not just sounds like Gary Moore. That's Gary Moore. Wow, yeah. You know. And that one, would be incredible. And one guy said, you know, he'd try Strats and stuff. And he'd make it sound like Jimi Hendrix, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd kind of get that kind of vibe out of the instrument. Yeah. You know, he'd sort of, you know, he, this guy had done his homework. He knew how to play. Yeah. Yeah, he was a man. Mm. Good player. Ferocious player. Yeah. So, it's often one of those things that's sadly far from people's consciousness, the note choice factor. But if you're soloing over a blues... The Dorian mode is a good, a good sort of shout. If you've got a more rocky progression, so I'm going to give you a typical kind of rock, more rocky progression, which still leans on the bluesy thing, sort of maybe a riff, riff based thing, A, G, C, D, E, that kind of thing. Yeah. Not with that sound. I don't want you to have a go. Okay. slightly bluesy kind of slightly riffy based sort of progression 
Yeah. All of that works. But so often in songs, things actually moved subtly from key to key. Yeah. It may still be in A or A minor, technically, but what we can and can't get away with playing over the top may change. Yeah, there were a few times I certainly noticed that, yeah. Well, I kept it quite straight for you, actually. Right, okay. So the C, the G, the D, that was really where things were. That should have all worked quite well. If you didn't quite get the note you were looking for, because you've got to bear in mind, the more notes that you put into something, the more chance you have, not necessarily of, I mean, yes, of clashing, but sometimes, even if all the notes are technically right, some notes sound sweeter than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they some notes... Resol- like you said earlier, it needs to resolve. Yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, well, they, they sound better over some stuff than others. Yeah. You know, like you can you can wail away using the Dorian mode when you change to a D chord. Yeah. You know, hanging on the D, you know, showing that that change is there by what you're doing, your actions as far as your playing is concerned, or using the F sharp might be a cool thing to do. Yeah. So, like, say, say you play me this simple progression, yeah. So what was I doing that was so different? Um, or was it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm so so taken into the, my <laughs> the rhythm and stuff. I'm, you were using a lot of pentatonic, I think. I that was really the Dorian mode. Now, what, that's all right. Don't worry. I'll tell you. Yeah, go on. Tell me. Put me out of my misery because I was. Uh... Did you say misery? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could see that you were using the Dorian, a lot of pentatonic and different shapes and stuff. But... Do you think if we all got Star Wars mugs, like a couple of different characters, we could do some kind of play? <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Don't make me destroy you. Let's <laughs> have some very dark music. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, here's the deal, basically. I was hitting notes on chord changes. Right, okay. Now, the D was a bit of a big one because it was kind of like the end of the chord progression. Yeah. So I was sort of saving more noodly things, generally, for that. Because you had the space to do it. it yeah, because it's, it's also it's, it's, it's kind of anticipation. Yeah. You know, anticipation can be many things. Anticipation can be, you know, a sort of a drummer doing a roll around the kit. Or yeah. a roll on the snare, cool. you know, and simultaneously, if you don't stick to a straight bass line, but the bass player plays a cool fill, and so do you, 
Yeah. Then that's yeah. that's cool. That's anticipating that that's an important part of the song. You know, you're all rolling through together, yeah. doing something for okay. it. So I was playing fairly straight. Maybe do a real slow run through to one chord at a time. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, one, two, three, four. change and also sometimes when we're going to the D we're picking the appropriate note because these are all things that kind of you know what separates any amateur musician who's good from the professional Uh, the the amount of uh, wrong notes and how quickly they take to learn things (laughs) and get get to grips with new things it can can be so many different things but I suppose the you know, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, your famous guitarist, your Jimmy Pages, your Jeff Becks, the people that I yeah. look up to. But I'm talking about professional musician. That's what I do for a living. Yeah. I teach and I play. And I get gigs based on the fact that either they're with my band and we're a unit and stay together, or from other people because they know that I can do the job. Yeah. They don't have to spend hours rehearsing with me because I pick things up really quick and pick things up on the fly. And when it comes to playing a solo and things like that, where the guitar steps forward, I'm capable of doing what's needed to be done. But also it's the way you kind of top and tail things. Yeah. So it's like a professional finish. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So the, so the, yeah. You know, like like you could get, like someone who's painting a room or something. Yeah, like that, you know. <laughs> give me a paintbrush. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> carnage. Quite frankly, yeah, yeah. me me and decorating are not good bedfellows. Never have been over the last twenty years that I've owned a house. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why every room is white. <laughs> if, you, if you pay someone to paint a room, you expect them to come in, do it quickly, and mm. you. Have straight edges and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they'll, they'll get it absolutely bang on, absolutely perfect. I owned a house once down the coast and um, decided at the time, yes, we must put up some wallpaper. Eight or nine months. Yeah. Because every time came to put it, oh, I just don't think I can. Can't face I'm it. Gonna, no. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up on Prozac or something <laughs> if I try and put this wallpaper up one more time. You know, you put it up and it yeah. just peels off. Just stay up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, you pay someone to do a professional job. It's a professional finish. It, it's done the way you expect, and it's done the way you want it to be. Yeah. You know, you don't get any nasty sounds out of tune guitars solos that are kind of not working with the piece. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I mean? But some of that is also it's to do with timing. It's, it's the time spent taking these scales, these ideas, and playing them with a live band, playing them until they're honed down, until they sound good, and so that your playing gets tightened up and is precise, yeah. so that you're hearing the changes 
And you're not just playing over the changes loosely, but you're playing over the changes adhering to that rhythm. That pulse is forever there. Yeah, confidence and pulse and mm. all those things, yeah. So let's That's look great. at the the other possibility. Um, and this is when we get thrown a bit of a a bit of a, a funny one. So you're playing along, here's your riffy bass song. It's all very nice. <laughs> jazz uh i think what, what where i was playing a little bit outside of the box yes <laughs> yes it definitely was i used to play with a bass player called uh, neil mckenzie neil if you're watching all intended <laughs> um <laughs> and of course we were just taking the mickey out of jazz and he was going he used to go oh come on boys let's let's play some jazz so you pick your neck pick up and you turn your toe all the way off yeah, and you've got yeah, to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, I'll play, I can play jazz. <laughs> oh, I haven't quite got the tone thing. Tone right on. Any note will do, it doesn't matter what. And then scat in between. Skibbity bobbity boo. Skibbity <laughs> Jazz, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little bit, it's more uh-huh. more jazz club than Chick Corea, but yeah. No, I do actually love jazz and jazz fusion stuff, but yeah, it always makes me laugh. I had to tell you that little story. We interject with little stories, folks, so we don't mind. Some, somebody's not going to press the love button, are they going to do the thumbs down <laughs> on YouTube? So. Oh, no, no, I don't <laughs> like humour when I'm learning the guitar. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm looking at a thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch somebody dressed in grey that looks like John Major and has a po face. <laughs> yeah. Fine. <laughs> Go and watch the man with the toilet seat guitar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, there are plenty of times in tunes where you've got that rocky thing going on and then they take a, a kind of a sudden tack elsewhere. Yeah, okay. Or yeah. even they start off in like a minor key and then they become more rocky. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's many examples. I mean, one one example, although it's an age-old, slightly outdated example, is Freebird by Lynyrd Skynyrd. Yeah. It sort of starts in a G. So it's in G major. Does a slight rogue by going to the F, which kind of puts it in a kind of like a C major E. Then it goes to C, but then it resolves to the G by going up to the D. But basically, yeah. it's pedaling between two very closely related major keys, yeah, okay. G and C. And then at the end, it's the G B flat C. Once you're there, you're into Dorian, blues, and minor pentatonic. Gotcha. So this frequently, frequently comes up in songs. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So what we're going to do, we're going to add F, C, G, in power chord form, because it's working for us, to our little selection. So at the end of our sort of riffy 
chordy thing. got sort of the A, C, and D, yeah. and then F, C, G, A. Now, let yeah. me clarify something here. This is quite, um, this is an interesting exercise to do. Although we're playing these in power chords, every power chord, pretty much regardless of the piece it's over, yeah. usually when you look at the other chords around it, or the melody or what the guitarist is playing, if it's a solo or whatever, or the, the notes that the vocalist is singing, that chord is a major or a minor chord. Yeah. The power chord is, is just a bit of a smokescreen. That's so we can play it with a ballsy sound, and it doesn't sound like a mess. Yeah. But basically, it would normally be a chord of that ilk. So if we're looking at our... First bit of our, our key our sort of song is essentially A minor, C major, D major. Yeah. Well, that's Dorian, right? Yeah. The D major signals it as Dorian. Yeah. Then we've got F major, C major, G major, A minor. So then you're in A minor territory. Yeah, okay. The only difference between A minor Take the F sharps, yeah. which are found on the full fret of the D string in this shape, yeah. and ditch that in favour of the 8th fret on the A string. So then you get 5, 7, and 8 on the two lowest strings. 5 and 7 on the D. stays in the same place to start off the line on the G string 4, 5 and 7 on the G and then our 7th fret on the B string is going to be coming down to the F natural at the 6 so we get 5, 6, 8 top string remains the same 5, 7, 8 So that little swap mm. enables us to target our chords with our notes. You don't want to play an F sharp over an F chord. No. 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 Definitely not. Because it will sound like this. Yes. Yes. There you go. That's Unless well you're writing it, music for a horror movie. Yeah. You probably don't want to be doing that. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's good. 
gotcha. So, do you want to strike up the chords four times around the A, C, and yeah. D, and then a couple of times around the four times around the others, and I'll I'll show you how to integrate this into your playing, folks. So what was I doing? What the hell was going on? I am straying from the first position, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you can't successfully play over something like this in the first position, yeah. or do that and then take it an octave higher. So if you're up here, you've got A minor up there. So same shape, 12 frets higher. Yeah. Or play the Dorian. Scary thing. Up there. So there's nothing stopping you doing that. Yeah, okay. Um, but what I did was when I went to the F... I targeted the F. sound you want because there's another way around it as well yeah mm. maybe you think oh i like the sound of all of this but i'm not quite there yet i want an easy win yeah okay yeah an easy easy win would be to say well let's use the ninth so that's the b note the seventh fret of the two two e's oh, leave the sixth out leave the yeah, sixth out then you're leaving out the note which is you know it's changing, yeah. Right. So, really slowly, 
if you can play through the first set of chords, and I'm just going to do something over that. Whisker there on frame, which was a slightly wrong note, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. But so basically, I was avoiding that F sharp. <laughs> now, yeah. what we're going to do, you, just a couple of rounds slowly of the. And then the, change to the other. The chorusy bit, maybe. So, two, two rounds and then change to the other. Okay, chorus, yeah. yeah, let's do that. <laughs> So I just completely ignored the fact that there was an F or F sharp in the picture. Yeah, okay. So here you're just adding really that one note, B. Yeah, okay. Now I would I would put money on it that your average weekend warrior could sit down for an hour on a Saturday afternoon before his gig that night, find the first position of the minor pentatonic, and add... A note two frets above the root. So if you're in A, it's B. If you're in C, it's D. If you're in E, it's F sharp, and so on. Yeah. And find the three places which will be the same on the top two. Sorry, not top two on the two E strings, and on the G string will be a fret lower than your root note. Yeah. And add those in, and you've already got a slightly bigger palette of fret, sounds. Fret higher than the- so if you're, in other words, your root note for A, for example, is on the fifth fret, yeah. your B on the G is the fourth. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 gotcha. So you'd have it on the seven of the two E's and the fourth of the G. Yeah, okay. If you kept everything else with the minor pentatonic or something. Yeah. That that would even just doing that offers you something extra. Okay. You know, just a little bit more. And it might be that you choose that way of playing over things when you're playing over things which are questionable in terms of them switching between the bluesy side of things and the the minor side of things. Yeah, okay. In fact, when we're doing the Eric Johnson vids, yeah. We were looking at some of the Eric Johnson licks. One of the typical Eric Johnson tools that he uses is using the ninth on the top string. I'm just going to swap to the, uh, actually, stay in the key of A. So I'm, I'm up an octave up. So we're all the way up there, up at the dusty end, so to speak. Um, and we're using the 19th fret of the top string. And he would add that note in and make little patterns 
out of that, you know. Flavor. In fact, it's right at the beginning of Cliffs of Dover. Yeah. There it is. cool device because you're just adding that little bit extra I want things that make my ears prick up and go what's that yeah I don't want to hear something where I go I've heard it all before yeah 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 Yeah. you know I want to hear something new you know there's there's some some quite interesting pentatonic stuff out there like that adding the ninth is pretty safe because the ninth is the same for major or minor. Yeah, okay. it makes no odds. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, so that's a good nugget of information. A there, good man. nuggetto. <laughs> so yes, you can use that. <laughs> Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar tone. If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 